Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Julie R. and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Northern California. Today is Tuesday, August 29th, 2023, and this is the 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting. Today we are reading from the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We are in the chapter working with others and we are on page 103, the first paragraph. We are careful never to show intolerance or hatred through be told anything about alcohol by one who hates it. Comments on this one paragraph only. Today's readers are reading the text, Nancy C. Reading page 164 is Susan S.H. And Danny is going to be our backup reader. The reference number for yesterday, Monday, August 28th, 7 a.m. meeting is 20,576. And the 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting is 20,577. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. Here are the steps we took which are suggested as a program of recovery. I will now ask Chris W. to read the 12 steps of OA. Hi, this is Chris W., Chris with a K, from Nashville, Tennessee. One, we admitted we were powerless over alcohol, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others, and continue to take personal inventory, and when we're wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood Him, praying only for knowledge of His will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, We tried to carry this message to alcoholics and practice these principles in all our affairs. And thank you for giving me the opportunity to serve. Thank you, Chris W. I will now ask Morgan Kay to read the 12 traditions of OA. 
Good morning, everybody. This is Morgan Kay in Manitoba, Canada. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Anonymity, sorry, 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for having me be of service. Thank you, Morgan. And today's share ID for August 29th at 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting is 20,579. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone. To have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We're in the chapter Working with Others, and we are on page, I think I've got the wrong page number here, 103. Here we go. Um, you know what? I think I just messed up. We are on page 103, the first paragraph. We are careful never to show intolerance or hatred and ending with be told in anything about alcohol by one who hates it. Comments on one paragraph only. Okay. And now I will turn it over to Nancy C. to begin reading. Morning, Julie. Thank you for your service. Good morning, everyone, my fellows. This is Nancy C. Gratefully recovered this morning in Ann Arbor, Michigan. 
We are careful to never show intolerance or hatred of drinking as an institution. Experience shows us that such an attitude is not helpful to anyone. Every new alcoholic looks for this spirit among us and is immensely relieved when he finds we are not witch burners. A spirit of intolerance might repel alcoholics whose lives could have been saved had it not been for such stupidity. We would not even do the cause of temperate drinkers any good for not one drinker in a thousand likes to be told anything about alcohol by one who hates it. Another good paragraph. Um, I get amazed at the last couple of weeks talking about carrying the message and um, how important that is and how we carry it is just as critical as living it. Um, you know, this morning, what keeps running through my head is um, the statement, nobody hates anybody more than a reformed smoker. And um, being one myself, um, and going through that whole quitting smoking all by willpower and muscle and sure teeth, a lot of torture, <laughs> terror, um, getting to that other side. Yeah, I would. I was terrible to live around. I mean, it would be like, oh, you're smoking. Oh, get out of here, blah, 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 because I had done that, and why couldn't anybody else be as willful as I Oh, my God, how the tables had turned. If I had had a spiritual program to do that, like I have today with food and everything else in my life, how my life would be changed. You know, we were talking two um, paragraphs ago about, you know, our code is now that we be of maximum helpfulness to other people, right? And that has to be in carrying the message and just how we, how I present myself, Um you know, to be intolerant, to be intolerant of anyone today for me is is really not living in the spiritual awakening, the transformation of my heart that I have had um, as a result of working these steps. And it's saying now that, you know, we have to be tolerant of everyone and look at them as a sick person. Everyone is doing the best that they can. And we might be their only big book that they come in contact with the day so that we have to show that we're tolerant. Um, if I had come into the rooms and people told me I was in some new society and you had to do it this way and you had to be like this, I would have walked out the door. And it's saying strictly here that we have to let people know we're not like that, that we are just showing what we did. We're showing a new way of life and how well it's worked for us. And we're program of attraction, not promotion. Um, it, our primary purpose, we we're talking about that, that's one of our, um, that is what happens in this, well, that is, <laughs> I'm getting messed up here. That is one of our um, spiritual principles that we live, to, live by. And all of that is because we have been spiritually rearranged. I have gone through the steps. I have had a spiritual awakening and now want to share that with other people. If I'm not tolerant, nobody is going to listen to me. Love and acceptance and compassion for those still suffering is the attraction that brings people into the program. I'm so glad that when I got here, I saw what I wanted and I saw the evidence of that love and acceptance of regardless of where people were and that it wasn't a you have to do this and you have to do that to come in. 
It was just show up and let God do the rest for you. Surrender, surrender, turn it over, and let God take you to a place where you've never been before. I'm so grateful for a vision for you and for all the fellows that I travel with on a, on a daily basis. And with that, I can't wait to hear what other people have to say, and I pass. Thanks, Julie. Thank you, Nancy C. Although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your sharing to every third day in order that others might share their experience, too. And who would like to share on this paragraph? Katie G. Janet B. Daniel B. Daniel B. Daniel B. And who was that last person? I didn't catch your name again. Oh, Claire. Gotcha. Clary. Okay. Thank you. Erin Leslie W. Uh, Nessa W. Leslie W. Oh, Leslie. God, my ears. Leslie W. Kathy J. Okay. Okay, that's going to be enough for right now, Sherry M. Okay. Okay. Katie G. followed by Janet B. Go ahead, Katie. Hi, Julie. Good morning. Thanks for taking the meeting. Good morning, everyone. This is Katie G. Recovered in Boston. And, you know, I guess I'm thinking about intolerance way beyond the food. I'm thinking about love and tolerance of others is my code. And, um, one of the things that I really struggled with when I first started getting into the big book is having love and tolerance for Overeaters Anonymous. I was really critical, and I thought that the only way that I could make my point is to put down other 12-step groups, like to say, oh, well, I did this, and that was horrible, and oh, well, I did this, and that was horrible. But it's saying no, not one person in a thousand likes to be told anything about themselves by one who hates it. Right? Like I never have learned from somebody who's saying, gee, Katie, you're such an idiot. Why wouldn't you know that exercise bulimia would kill you? Gee, Katie, why wouldn't you know that getting on the scale every single day would not provide you with adequate information? That never taught me. But my intolerance, I have to tell you, when I do step 10s, intolerance is a character defect that comes up all the time, an unwillingness to accept views, beliefs, or behavior that differ from my own. And I'm going to be honest, like anybody who's doing something different, I have to check myself. I have to check myself with God and say, okay, well, not why am I disturbed by that person, but why am I disturbable? Like, what is it about me that thinks that anybody else's behavior is wrong because it's different than mine? So like if love and tolerance of others is my code, can I love and tolerate what I think is not accurate? Can I love and tolerate what is accurate but is different than mine and who am I to know what's accurate, right? So love and tolerance of Overeaters Anonymous, I had to learn. I had to learn love and tolerance of different religions, love and tolerance of people who are different body sizes, love and tolerance of so many prejudices, so many old ideas that I have had. And what has happened to me is, you know, I have to be honest, I'm such a big book thumper that you know what I miss? I missed Overeaters Anonymous, that book, The 12 Steps and 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I don't know if you've read Step 6 and 7 out of that book, but I am telling you, you want to have your mind blown, go read that book. So it's like, let me say the set-aside prayer. God, please help me to set aside anything that I have, these old ideas about food, 
about body size, about Overeaters Anonymous. Like we're in A Vision for You is a healthy Overeaters Anonymous meeting where we celebrate the fact that we do not suffer. I do not suffer from compulsive eating today, even though I'm a compulsive overeater. You know, I don't want to die from compulsive eating, but I am a compulsive overeater. And if you're sitting here and you're new, welcome. Welcome home. What does any of this mean? It means that you have your seat. Welcome home. We love you. And we are here to give you love and information from this big book. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Katie G. Next, we have Janet B. followed by Daniel B. Go ahead, Janet. Hi. Good morning, Julie. Good morning, everyone. This is Janet B. in North Carolina, formerly in New Jersey. So I'm just honing in on that line, a spirit of intolerance might repel alcoholics whose lives could have been saved had it not been for such stupidity. And I was thinking about um, when I first came into OA and I binged and my sponsor called her sponsor and had her sponsor basically shame me and say, you know what this thing tastes like, why'd you eat it? And it didn't help me. It didn't help me. And the word the big book uses for that kind of stuff is stupidity. So that tells me not only do I have to be kind and loving when I'm trying to help someone, of course I do, right? Shaming people isn't kind and loving. Um, I have to care about them, but I can't be stupid about how I carry this message. So it tells me that I have to be smart, that I have to convey what this real message is. And this real message is that if you're a compulsive eater, you have an illness, And what the illness does is it stops you from remembering how horrible a binge was before. It's like I have a cat allergy. So if someone says, oh, come to my house, and they have a cat, then I won't go because my memory reminds me that if I go near a cat, I'm going to have an asthma attack. But when it came to food, that same mechanism didn't work. I was unable to remember that I won't be able to stop with one. There was just like a disconnect between my memory and my conscious mind. So I need to convey that to people, the problem. And then I need to convey the solution, which is to tap into a power greater than ourselves. The power of God is we understand God, which can solve our problem. How do I tap into this? I surrender, which basically means I say, God, I'm no longer going to live doing my will each day. I'm going to try and do what I think you want me to each day and leave the results to you. Then I clean up my past. I pray and meditate to know what his will is, and I help others. So I convey it smartly and with love. You know, I believe that anyone can recover if they're given correct information in a loving environment. So again, my job is to be smart and loving and tolerant and to point people to this great God who's ready to remove all our food obsessions. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Janet B. Next, we'll have Daniel B. followed by Claire E. Go ahead, Daniel. Hi, uh, this is Daniel B., uh, a recovered compulsive overeater uh, in Osaka, Japan. Uh, where this is an evening event for me. Um, I've just relocated here. Um, thank you so much for the meeting and um, while well, the reading um, about intolerance. Uh, I know um, as, a, as a previously morbidly obese 
person. Um, the last person, the last thing I ever wanted to hear um, was uh, advice from someone uh, on how on what I need to do to get better. And um, it really was through attraction. People who taught me how to, um, you know, allow allow myself to be loved by them until I could love myself. That uh, got me here uh, on the phone with all of you. Um, I will say that I thought immediately of how the principles as as described in the reading today have helped me in being able to live overseas and live live abroad. Um, certainly the you know, I'm a guest in other people's countries. You know, they don't really care what my opinion is <laughs> for the most part. I'm a guest. I'm I'm here to to do my to do my work and to, to get along, um, not a doormat, but to be to be ag agreeable and to just be a decent human being, if you would. And um, the ability to do that I have based on what I'm learning in my spiritual practice, which um, I get directly from this healthy overeaters and all of this meeting. Thank you for the ability to share. I don't usually share, but I wanted to today, so thank you for the opportunity to do so. I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Daniel B. Next, we have Claire E. followed by Leslie W. Go ahead, Claire. Thanks, Julie. Thanks, everybody, for your shares. My name's Claire E. I'm a compulsive eater and bulimic in Cornwall in the UK. Um, yeah, for me, this paragraph, um, you know, as a rule morality that I think wrongly goes with food, you know, food is just food. Um, nobody ever had to pin me down and force it down my throat. I did that myself. But, you know, there's a sort of good or bad. And, you know, my experience is, you know, I haven't eaten sugar for quite a long time and various other things. And, and when I'm out and about with people, you know, they sort of say, oh, you're so good. You're so good. How do you do it? You're so good. And it always makes me feel really uncomfortable because, you know, as, as we all know, I'm, I'm I kind of, and I do say this to people, it's not, if I could sensibly have a piece of cake, I'd do it, you know, of course I would. Um, and, you know, that's, that's what I have found the, um, for me, the best approach really is, is just to be honest about the fact that, you know, um, if I could do it sensibly, I definitely would have done. Um, it's not a hatred thing, you know, that's, 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 you know, if I had been eating something in front of somebody who, was intolerant of it, the only effect that would have had would be for me to want to hide it from them and not speak to them. It would have just really annoyed me. So, you know, I know that that's not of service. Um, part of my job as well, I work, um, ironically, in bariatric surgery. And again, you know, when I first came to do that, I did have opinions about it, actually. Um, but again, I've really mellowed and you know that's very much part because of this program is you know I just don't know what is right for somebody else I don't know you know maybe that's their solution and um you know there's there's better for a lot of people it's just not my story and you know I just need to be very clear about what is and isn't right for me for me I know I can't eat certain things it's nothing to do with the actual things themselves you know as I said it's <laughs> food is just food um it's entirely to do with my physical allergy mental obsession spiritual illness you know and, and and I just need to keep to my lane and do what I need to do to keep well and, and let other people just crack on with it and do do what they need and if people ask me directly to be honest and have integrity um, and if they don't ask me keep my mouth shut nobody wants my opinion you know, on what they're eating or not eating and um, 
Yeah, so that's been my approach, and certainly in my family, you know, my, my kids eat all sorts of stuff that I don't approve of. I, I try to keep my mouth shut. It's not my business. It's not my food. Somebody was sharing yesterday about um, about treating it like cat food, and I thought that was brilliant. You know, exactly that. It's not my food. It's not my business. Stay in my own lane and do what I know I need to do. Um, and that's, yeah, that's that's been, for me, um, a helpful um, a helpful way of doing things and, and you know the directions are in the book I will leave it there thank you so much for listening thank you Claire E next we have Leslie W followed by Kathy J go ahead Leslie hey Julie this is Leslie I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Tennessee thank you so much and I just wanted to talk about intolerance because this is something that I have struggled with I think a lot of us have experienced a spirit of intolerance in our lives in regards to the food from other people. Um, And so intolerance means an unwillingness to accept another person's views, beliefs, or behavior that's different from one's own. And for me, this is a respect issue. And the intolerance as it has been previously stated, goes beyond the food or the drink or the cigarettes or anything else that can be problematic for us simply because a spirit of intolerance in regards to someone else's situation is a disrespect to them. And I have experienced this. I have been on both sides. I have been the person that has been intolerant, and I have also been the person that has experienced that intolerance. And there's nothing like being on the receiving end of it to make you appreciate (laughs) um, the need to refrain from that type of behavior. And it's a discipline. Because when we recover, we want to just tell everybody else how to do it right. Like, it's so exciting. It's so exciting to be newly recovered and and feel that freedom and that neutrality. And we just want to tell everybody else how we did it and and what they should do and how they should do it. And nobody wants to, you know, nobody wants to hear that. Just like I don't want to hear in my situation something from someone else that doesn't – it's not. It's just not helpful, right? It's just not helpful to be told what to do and how to do it. We have to figure that out for ourselves. And for me, the best way to figure that out is to see a demonstration of it in someone else. When I look at you and I can see that you're living a life of sanity and neutrality around a behavior or a substance that you once could not live without, that speaks. The actions speak louder than the words. That speaks volumes to me, and I am naturally going to be attracted to it and pulled in. So with that, I think I'm going to pass. Thanks, Julie. Thank you, Leslie. Next, we have Kathy J. followed by Sherry M. Go ahead, Kathy. Hi, Kathy J. Um, Compulsive overeater recovered in uh, Illinois. 
you know, this paragraph says volumes. Everybody's made such great comments so far. What I what I'm experiencing now in my life after a long time in the program is tolerance is a muscle and I gotta know what to do. I can't focus on what I'm not supposed to be doing because <laughs> it doesn't help me. So when I go to speak with somebody uh, in the morning, my sponsees or someone else, I I ask God to give me, uh, let me say what I uh, what God wants me to say, hear what God wants me to hear, and be who I'm meant to be. Um, and so carry the message factually means I deliver the books, the materials, not what I think. And I have to check my motive. If my motive is to convince somebody or, um, you know, uh, get them to see, (laughs) I'm in trouble already. (laughs) I'm in trouble already. So I found in the last year or so that believing in the person, uh, believing they can get well, believing they're going to get it as they get it, um, and, and giving God the job, you know, and giving the program the job of carrying the message to them. And uh, is really um, a big, big difference. And I see people respond much better. You know, the drink to me or the food to me or the cat food, I love that analogy, is um, any defect of character that I'm working on, I spot it, you know, you spot it, you got it. Um, And if I'm irritated, and I get irritated all day, I do. And it's an opportunity for me to be intolerant or work the muscle of, just listen, just let the person have their experience. I don't own their <laughs> their experience, you know, and I tend to get possessive about, you know, the emotions in the room, you know, it's just, uh, it's kind of funny. And um, humor goes a long way too when, when carrying the message. If I can carry the message with some humor and laugh at myself, then other people are going to be able to have the opportunity to laugh. But I do interrupt people if they're spinning on and on in the disease. I do interrupt that. I think that that's, you know, I do tell the truth. And I think that um, that's uh, helpful. It was helpful to me when I came in to have somebody tell me straight, you know, I think you're full of crap right now. But not in a, in a mean way, like, you better stop it. Just, you know, this is what I'm hearing. You know, if that's not true I'm and I'm wrong, it's okay. Tell me if I'm in your lane. It's okay. You know, just a spirit, a spirit, you know, of love. And I didn't know what that was while I was in the food. I didn't know what love was. It was all about me and my, and pleasure-seeking. So anyway, I'm grateful that um, a lot of the, a lot of the intolerance is being lifted um, here and there, and uh, I'm grateful for you guys and the program. That'll pass. Thank you, Kathy J. And next we'll have Sherry M. Good morning. Uh, my name is Sherry M., and I'm gratefully recovered today, compulsive overeater in Wyoming. And thank you so much, Julie. Nice to hear your voice. Everyone has pretty much said everything, um, but I just wanted to claim my seat here and say that this is something, this tolerance is something that um, I didn't know that I was intolerant really until I became recovered um, because I was eating over it. You know, I was eating or um, having to be around anybody or be in any kind of situation uh, to kind to, to take the edge off of my 
unmanageability, which is the way in which I think the world should be and it's not behaving that way and therefore I'm uncomfortable. And, um, and I remember, um, I remember the first time I remember I had a sponsor once and she, um, because I was bringing a lot of stuff to her and, uh, you know, 10 step things. And she said, now look down, Sherry. Okay, Sherry, now draw a square around your body. And that's all that is your responsibility. <laughs> like that's keep your eyes there basically and never look beyond that square and you'll be fine. When your eyes are on somebody else, you are now back in intolerance. And I would say every single one of my disturbances, if I look at it, I have a belief system about the way in which the world should be. And if it's not happening, oh, don't you know, if you did it this way, it would be fantastic. And, uh, you know, regarding food and what people are eating and drinking, um, I, <laughs> I just, I have to laugh because, uh, yeah, you know, I, the, the things that I did in this disease are just, I, are so embarrassing that I could only share with my therapist and my sponsor, but yet here I am you know, I'm deemed white as snow now, walking out in the world, judging other people. And I think that is the most ironic thing about me as an addict is, um, you know, these other people who are living their lives, they are able to have one, one, sometimes I've seen them have one bite. And so why would I be intolerant of the substance that they're eating when they don't even have a disease? You know, and so I've really, you know, and I love that they put love and tolerance and tell us that that is my code. Love, 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 love people exactly as they are doing whatever they're doing in whatever way they want to do it. And I think it really does start for with love for me is um, just like unconditional love of my husband, for instance, like let him just, he can just do whatever he wants eat what you want, do what you want. Um, it's your body, right? I have my body. And the only reason, let me just wrap it up with this. The only reason that I do what I do today or eat the way that I eat in this, you know, let's call it healthy eating, way to measure food plan is because I have to, <laughs> because I am a real compulsive overeater and I will eat myself to death and I will sit in the house and eat round the clock and binge my brains out until I want to throw up, and then I'll do it some more. That is the reason why I do it, not because I have any self-control whatsoever, or I'm just, you know, oh, you know, my thinking is superior to other people. So thank God we have steps 10 and 11 and 1 to 11 before 12 so that I can continually check my motives, my beliefs, my, my prejudice, and all of that. Thank you all so right. much, and I pass. Have a great day. Thank you, Sherry M. I'd like to remind everybody that we are on page 103, the first paragraph. We are careful never to show intolerance or hatred, ending with be told anything about alcohol by one who hates it. Who would like to comment on this one paragraph? Kelly S. Kelly S. with E-Y. Ken W. Maria B. Okay, hold on a second. Ken, what was your last initial? W H. Thank you. Okay. Mary F. Amy G. Mary. Maria F. B. Amy G. Sharon P. Maria Mary B. P. Maria B. Let's stop there. Okay. Kelly, go ahead. Followed by Ken W H. 
Good morning, Julie. Good to hear you as usual. Hey guys, it's Kelly F. Kelly EYF, um, recovered compulsive eater and bulimic in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, really wanted to share on this paragraph. I was kind of listening to everybody talking about love and tolerance, and I was just kind of laughing, thinking about my sponsor because I'm always telling her, why does this have to be our damn code? It does not come easy for me. And you know, I've heard several things, you know, in the shares, you know, it's like we have to practice it, but I also have to demonstrate it, right? People are, you know, attracted to that. But uh, what this paragraph really brought up to me that I wanted to share today was um, how I, my experience has been for myself, is that I show, um, I feel, I probably show it too, because I know I show everything on my face, but um, love, not love and tolerance for people who've been relapsers. Let me tell you the crazy part, story of my life. I'm a relapser, right? So I've been around for decades. Here's what happens every time I get abstinent. Okay, I've got this thing. Why aren't you guys doing it, right? Why aren't you doing it? I'm doing it. I put the food down. You know, I'm going to a lot of meetings. I'm doing what my sponsor says. Why aren't you guys doing that, right? You're going to call me? Then do it. I'm doing it. It is so bizarre to me how I get that attitude every time I put the food down and start working the program. And I just have to remind myself all the time. So today, what's different is <laughs> Having this relationship with God, right, it helps me stay connected and get back into humility to have this love and tolerance. So when people call me, okay, here's my thought. This is a person, they've been in relapse over and over. They've been around as long as me, you know, or almost as long as me. Oh, my God. They want me to sponsor them. Oh, my God, they're a freaking hot mess. What the heck? And then I'm like, really, Kelly? You've been a hot mess. I'm sure my sponsor today thinks that. Oh, my God. Here she goes again, right? And so I think, wait a minute love and tolerance. My sponsor didn't give up on me, right? God creates miracles in all of us. And at what point did this person become willing to become maybe surrendered? Like I was finally willing to do, you know, I've been around, like I said, for decades, took me till 2013 hearing the message from you guys to understand where the instructions were, what the real trouble was, the spiritual problem, this connection with God, right? I finally got that in 2013. Guess what? I have just over a year of abstinence, right? Hmm. Right? So, like, finally understood, like, a little over a year ago, I'm going to have to start living life different. I'm going to have to start living by spiritual principles. I'm going to have to demonstrate love and tolerance. I'm going to have to let God create miracles through me being the messenger of hope to these other people that are freaking hot messes like I've been my entire life in the program of recovery, right? So God is gracing me with the ability, and I still struggle with it all the time, but today I know to go to God to find these gifts, and thank you, God, for that uh, recovery and for that gift, and with that, I pass. Thank you, Julie. Thank you, Kelly S. Next is Ken W.H., followed by Mary F. Go ahead, Ken. Thank you. Good morning. This is Ken W.H., Recover Compulsive Eater from North Carolina. Um for some reason, I, I I just imagine picturing a bunch of soap boxes all over this paragraph. Um, soap boxes, uh, something I could get on <clears throat> with no problem uh, at all. I would always get up on my own soapbox and start spouting. The problem was staying on it. Uh, that's a slippery slope. Soap is slippery. And um, so I had to uh, fall on my butt any number of times before I came to understand that, one, this hurt, and two, nobody was listening anyway. Um, 
they don't want my opinions. They want my example uh, to be one of health and wholeness and love, uh, all of that. Um, and I've struggled with folk who do get on soapboxes, and uh, somehow it, I, I have to turn that around and look at it myself because when they're doing that, I don't listen. Uh, I turn them off. I, I just can't hear anything. And um, so that's the same thing that's going the other direction. I, I don't have a, a, a cause uh, to um, to succeed in, uh, in, in OA. I'm just here to share my experience, strength, and hope and what's happened for me. Um, and yeah, I've faced all the intolerance and everything else, but I have been just as intolerant. Um, and and so it's about causes and it's about trying to espouse my own beliefs. Um, there was an old song, uh, that had, had the phrase in it, uh, anything you want to know, just ask me. I'm the world's most opinionated man. And I'll tell you anything you want to know, but I'll tell you, it's worth every cent it costs, and it's free. Uh, I must be such a foolish man. And um, I've been a foolish man for a long time, and I uh, I don't want to be that anymore. And um, so I just ask for your, <laughs> your tolerance and patience if and when I jump upon a soapbox that somebody uh, kick me off it. <laughs> uh, that would be helpful. You just need to know that I'm walking the walk. That's all that matters today. Take care. My pass. Thank you, Kim WH. Next, we have Mary F. followed by Amy G. Go ahead, Mary. Good morning. Uh, my name is Mary F. I'm a recovering alcoholic, not alcoholic, foodaholic, um, compulsive overeater um, from Virginia. And um, I don't normally share, but my heart was so touched by this paragraph today um, because um, I think of these words being written by Bill and then I think back to Bill's story Um, you know Bill that was so judgmental Bill that um, you know had no compassion for the people who were jumping from the buildings during uh, the depression Um, what happened what what was the change that happened to Bill And my heart is so rendered by the beauty of these men who who are so generous, who were so generous in giving us this code to live life. Um, And I'm just awed by the wisdom of this program. And it brings me to a point where I see my own intolerance um, and They always, these words of this book, always point me to a new direction. Um, You know, if I had experienced something that was painful for me, if I, um, I, to me, I would want to go out and broadcast it to the world in a spirit of goodness, of course, you know, oh, come on, you got, no, this is the way, this is the way. And yet these men, these early pioneers in this program, give us the words. Um, to challenge us, really, um, there's always another way. And when I think I know it, boy, am I in trouble. <laughs> um, so I'm so grateful today for this program uh, that they are challenging me to see my intolerance and 
Um, and it gives me the hope because I can look at Bill and his life and see that the same man that wrote Bill's story is the same man that is writing these words. And what a transformation. So I'm so grateful to our, um, our higher power uh, that brought me to this place. Um, and it gives me great hope. And in this program and in God, can I trust so um, thank you for allowing me to share. And I pass. Thank you, Mary F. And next we have Amy G. followed by Sharon P. Hey, Julie. It's Amy G., a recovered compulsive eater in Maryland. Thank you so much for moderating, and thank you, everyone, for such a great meeting. For me, I think what strikes me today is this idea of intolerance. You know, I need to address why I'm being intolerant. Where is this? Where is the originator of my intolerance? For me, I have found that to be fear. Um, fear, for for example, in, in early recovery, I was intolerant of anyone else working the program any other different way because I was afraid if you didn't stay recovered, I couldn't stay recovered. That if there wasn't an OA meeting to go to, that I couldn't I couldn't stay recovered. Like I. And and my had a sponsor that brought it to my attention. You know where where am I putting my faith? Am I putting my faith in the traditions? Am I putting my faith in just the steps? Am I putting my faith in just the the big book, the tools? And no. And ultimately, what it came to was that trusting that God, my higher power, um, would would continue if I stay connected to Him and uh, work these steps and work the program in its entirety, that I would be okay. That if a wagon and had their own opinion or if it was different from mine that we could all grow in this program we could all grow and recover in this program so I really had to address where the fear was coming from and it was about me doing the program my way versus the way the program's laid out in the big book and connecting to a power greater than myself and then there was another kind of fear where I worried about the message being watered down and my intolerance towards what I perceived as either a break of a tradition or um, someone not following a format or something like that. And it was appropriate for me to then take my experience and my feelings about that to my sponsor and address whether appropriate action is made either via group conscience or a direct conversation with that person. Like there were steps that I could take a look at when I felt that intolerance rising. You know, was it an appropriate fear or was it one based on self? right? Not relying on my higher power. So that's what came out for me today. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Amy G. Next, we have Sharon P. followed by Maria B. Good morning. My name is Sharon P. I live in Delray Beach, Florida. I am a a compulsive overreader in recovery. Um, I love this meeting today. Everybody was just right on. But my take is a little different because I'm sitting here listening to everybody and and reading the paragraph again and again and thinking, the only person I was really intolerant of was myself. I spent so many years intolerant, hating myself because I couldn't stop that first bite or I couldn't stop that last bite or I couldn't stay on a diet for more than an hour or two or a a day or a week, whatever it was. And so the intolerance was always against myself. And even in early recovery, which was a long time ago, but I remember so vividly in early recovery, 
my sponsor would say, you know, you have to do this and you have to do that. I said, I'll do anything, but please don't ask me about God because I don't, I don't believe that God can do anything to help me with my food, which of course was a very long time ago. Thank you, God. And once I did get spiritual, you know, once I found, I, I, I surrendered and I was able to say, okay, God, you know, I'm going to trust you today. My whole attitude about myself, about my program all changed. In fact, today I am so tolerant of my, of my sponsees. If somebody makes, does what they think is a mistake, I try to gently help them through it. That's just what this program teaches me. And I thank God that I'm able to do that today because today I do love myself. I used to hate myself. I don't hate myself anymore. I love who I am today, and it's because of this program. So thank you for letting me share, and um, I pass. Thank you, Sharon P. And next we have Maria B. Hi, um, I'm Maria B. I'm a compulsive overeater and food addict and all that. Um, I am back new in the program, and um, after several months slip um, or um, going back to my old ways. Um, By a miracle, I'm still in my 10th year of AA recovery. But all the other ways, food and money and all these other ways that I tried to be away from myself and not feel my feelings, all that came back. And um, and also, I mean, I'm in money trouble now because I overshopped so much, including food from expensive places that I really didn't watch my budget at all. So it had big effects on my entire life. I'm a, an addict through and through. And um, it also brought wedges into my family life with people. And so this time the downfall that I experienced was... I hope and I think it's like a gift of desperation because there's no way I can manage by myself. I experienced complete unmanageability uh, of step one and powerlessness over food. And uh, anyway, I found, I believe I found a a food sponsor and somebody that I'm going to give my food to and to God every morning and commit the food for the day again, measured and weighed. So... It worked for me before, uh, and and now, after having received this very painful gift of desperation, G.O.D., God, um, um, came through for me. And um, one day at a time, one hour at a time, I'd like to do it again. I don't want to do it, but I'm, I need to do it. Uh, no, I need to do it. I want to do it, and I'm going to show up for it one day at a time by God's help. Um so I thank all of you that called me when I announced my name again. Thank you so much, Maria B., and I'm now in New Hampshire. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Maria B. Um, we have time for maybe two two-minute shares, if anybody would like to take that. This is Anne Marie M. Anne Marie M. Uh Say that again. I need one more. Sue uh, somebody WM. Sue's room, go ahead. Um, I don't know, I'm having trouble hearing. I have Sue's so. from New Jersey. I'm not a WM, sorry. <laughs> Did you say Siri? Sue's, S U Z E. God, Sue's, my ear. Okay, we're going to take these. <laughs> no two. worries. Okay, go, no ahead. Worries. go ahead. 
Anne-Marie M. Okay. Thank you. Um, thank you, Julie. Uh, we appreciate hearing you. My name is Anne-Marie M. I am a recovered compulsive eater living in South Carolina and um, recovered from um, the obsession, and that's through God's grace and by working the steps of the Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. And a friend of mine taught me, uh, whenever I thought about the word tolerance, I really focused more on what the other person's behavior was. And um, a friend of mine taught me that tolerance is about me and about me becoming uh, thicker skinned and being able to um, tolerate another's behavior. And so I learned that it's, you know, me that has to be changed and the way that I look at um, other people, other things. And I was only able to become tolerant by working the steps. And uh, especially steps uh, six and seven helped me, helped me the most with that um, in, in learning how to change my, my behavior, my character defects, um, looking at how I can be a different person and look at other, others differently in a more positive light. So that's all I wanted to say. I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Anne-Marie M. And next, and we'll have Suze M. I hope I got that right. Hi, this is Suze. Good morning. I rarely uh, share because I'm learning so much right now. I just listen so much. Um, thank you so much for everyone shares. But uh, tolerance, yeah, I'm really intolerant. The people that at work, the you know, it's like, oh, my goodness, who am I? <laughs> I have to really look at it. And um my sponsor is incredibly tolerant and um, and patient. And as a consequence, well, not a consequence, as a as a result, I am I'm learning so much, just so much and deeply, not just on the surface. I'd also like to say that um, there was a program call last night, and the call dropped. I wasn't watching my phone; it ran out of juice. And the woman was so amazing. I learned so much. And I just feel bad if she thought I hung up on her. But uh, I, she was tolerant, too, <laughs> with my, my lack of knowledge. Uh, but I'm growing every day. And, yes, I need to be tolerant of myself as well. Thank you so much for this meeting. And thank you for your service. And now I pass. Thank you, Suze. Appreciate it. Okay. I'd like to remind everyone that today's share ID is 20,579. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And would Susan S.H. please read Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Thank you. This is Susan S.H. in Ohio. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit. 
and you will surely meet some of us as you tread the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.